if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible is the fantasy. Bible. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Bible. I'm your host, Nate Binder. With me today is Dane. Dane, how are you doing? Doing great today, man. Happy to be here again on a wonderful Thursday evening. Yeah, it's a, it's a good day. We got a cool episode for you guys. We're going to do the normal thing, run through some news. Then we're just going to talk a little bit about some dynasty players uh, that, that we are like really excited about, um, you know, there's not a huge dynasty audience out there, but I will admit that this is mostly for selfish reasons as Dane and I have a dynasty draft on Tuesday. So yes. I'm trying to get Intel on who Dane likes. He's trying to get Intel on who I like. It's a very like Yelta Potsdam conference situation where it seems <laughs> like we are both coming to the table, but really like, you know, we're trying to stab the other in the back. Then we're going to finish the show out with a fun interview with Benny of Football Talk with Benny. He's a young podcaster and Giants fan that has his own YouTube channel. So we're just going to get into a conversation with him about what it's like to get into football so young and, you know, what he thinks about the Giants offseason moves and any fantasy players he's excited about. All right, Dane, do we have any news? We do have some news. A little bit more news than I thought this week. So we've got Julio Jones trade rumors are blowing up after Shannon Sharp cold called Julio on live TV. And Julio Ridiculous. said, I'm out of there. I want to win, referring to his current team, the Atlanta Falcons. So that kind of sucks for Falcons fans because he was a big fan favorite for many, many years there. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. And a ton of question marks this creates for fantasy, though. Like, where does Julio go? What happens to the Falcons' offense and Matt Ryan? If he's not on that roster, are they still as pass-happy? Are they still as good? They now have Arthur Smith on uh, the coaching staff. So uh, so many questions there. And then where does he go? Does he go to the Titans? Their early favorites. Their, uh, even Baltimore has been talked about. Patriots have been talked about. I mean, there are so many landing spots for Julio and there's going to be no shortage of people who want him on their team. So kind of mind blowing news. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's, it's so dumb for the Falcons. I mean, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like the whole thing is like they extend Matt Ryan. Um, they draft Kyle Pitts first overall. It's like, okay, well now we have this unstoppable. And I'm not saying anything new. This is what people have been repeating for the past week, but it still blows my mind that, you know, you're going to trade part of like what's going to make your team good because their defense isn't going to be good. So are you trying to compete or are you just trying to like waste more of Matt Ryan's time? I'm like fantasizing about how do we get Matt Ryan onto the Eagles with a team that like, you know, <laughs> actually wants to win something. So um, yeah, I just think it's absurd. I don't know where Julio will go. I think the most exciting possibility is like, what if the Packers are like, you know, that would be I yeah. Mean, if Aaron Rodgers is there and they sign Julio Jones alongside Devontae Adams, yeah, I mean, shit. that would be incredible. Um, I would, I would love 
like that's just like perfect spot for him because like it, it would make Aaron Rodgers happy. Um, you know, he's he's like a different. He's a like Devonte Adams comps more to Calvin Ridley. You know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. they're compl- they It's a very complimentary style. Um, so yeah, I would love that uh, fit. I have no idea. They're saying a trade as early as next week involving a future first round pick. Future first round pick could involve the Eagles. We got a couple of them, so that's true. You know, I wouldn't love that, but I would love it at the same time. You know, it's like not good team building, but it's got to love Julio Jones on yeah. your roster. Yeah, gotta absolutely. love it. Um, what else we got? So Aaron Rodgers, he misses the OTAs for the first time in his career with the Green Bay Packers. So where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's a full-blown hot box in the Green Bay front office right now. I mean, you can try to deny this as much as you want, but now the cat's out of the bag. There's no more denying it. Aaron Rodgers wants out. He at least wants to be respected and recognized. So if they can't get a contract done, a guaranteed uh, starting role in the future for Aaron Rodgers, he does not want to be a part of that. He's felt slighted. He's felt disrespected like his opinion doesn't matter like his mvp season last year doesn't matter like i you know he's notoriously a stubborn character in the nfl and there's probably some truth to that don't know him personally can't really speak on it but i do think that he has a good chance of not being on the roster probably 65 or percent or so oh no wait wait wait, wait. let's play a game okay okay It's, it's gonna be terrible podcasting but let's write down like let's do an even split of the three possibilities which is one he's on the Packers signs an extension becomes the highest million paid quarterback of all time whatever uh uh he go he gets traded to another team for you know four first round picks or some shit like that or he retires and hosts jeopardy <laughs> so you want like a percentage split I want a percentage that? split on that and uh let's try and be quick because of course dead air is not well all right I'm writing down my numbers I'm formulating my thoughts on this. Yeah, um, I've, I've already got my numbers in my oh, head. Oh, geez, you're fast. It's okay. Uh, yeah, all right. All right, give me your numbers. All right, so if we're doing all three in the same percentage, I say 15% chance he retires and goes to host Jeopardy. That kind of involves retiring and hosting Jeopardy, so that's kind of... Oh, well, the Jeopardy thing was like not really a, a Okay, a that was a joke. Just, okay. the, just the <laughs> retires part, really. You know? So in that case, I'll up it to 20% chance he retires if it doesn't pan out. That would leave 30% chance he goes to another team. Or sorry, 30% chance he stays with the Packers. And then 50% chance he goes to another team. That's where I'd have that. Yeah, I, I'm around, I had 10% chance that he retires, 40% chance he goes to another team, and 50% chance that... He stays with the Packers. So we really kind of didn't make strong opinions there because we're basically saying it's (laughs) 50-50. So, yeah, so there's some cowardly reporting. All right. So (laughs) what's next in news? Excellent podcasting, if you ask me. All right. So next in news, Jeff Wilson Jr., running back on the 49ers, tore his meniscus during a weightlifting session this week and will start the season on the pup list. That's the inactive list. So... For me, he was a good late-round flyer, kind of, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth-round running back. You could stash on your roster, make sure he has a role in the offense. But now this kind of opens everything else up for the other running backs on the 49ers, like Raheem Mostert, Michael Hasty, new rookie Trey Sermon. So I think this will give all those guys a chance to really make their mark and prove that they are the 1A, 1B type guy. Even when Jeff Wilson goes back, I think they'll make a mark enough to where it doesn't matter as much that Jeff Wilson is back. Because he was always just a supplementary running back in the first place. It's just such a messy backfield. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they and they drafted two running backs. Like, so 
it's yeah, yeah it's it's going to be weird. I, I'm not really interested in that backfield from a fantasy perspective, even though it's so funny because Kyle Shanahan's the best run game coordinator in the in the world. I mean, maybe uh, <laughs> you know uh, Kevin Stefanski's up there too right now, but uh, and Gary Kubiak, but you know, if just guys doing it right now, um, Kyle Shanahan's so good at it. And when he had two backs, Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman, it's like, great, both of these guys are fantasy relevant because of how great the scheme is for running backs. Now there's like seven backs, and it really seems like he uses them interchangeably at times. I mean, Raheem yeah. Mostar was a thing for a little bit before he got injured. Um, don't like me or Raheem Mostert, per- personally. Yeah, I'm not too high on him either. He will be rotated in and out. Too hard to predict. So in other news, small mention to Adam Vinatieri, future Hall of Fame kicker, retires this week. Thanks for the Super Bowls, Vinny, all the clutch kicks. Probably the greatest kicker of all time. Definitely owned him at one point in the past seven or so years that we've been doing this. When we still had kickers in our league. Absolutely. Yeah, when we still had kickers. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry that we phased you out at your, your role, Vinny. Yeah, you, you mean a lot to the actual game of football. So just wanted to shout his name out. Other than that, so rumors are Saquon Barkley may not carry a full workload to start the season just so the Giants make sure he's fully healthy because not only did he tear his ACL, as we know, but he also suffered MCL and meniscus damage. So that's something to consider when drafting him this uh, draft season because, I mean, you definitely want somebody in the first round that you're starting to have a full workload in the first one to three weeks. So I was kind of shocked to hear that because up to this point, I believed he was on full recovery. So uh, we'll see. We'll have to monitor that. All right. Um, what else do we got? Uh, we have Antonio Brown officially resigns with the Bucks. He does have some off-the-field lawsuits going on right now. But wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Antonio yeah. Brown? In lawsuits? No. Oh. <laughs> you got the wrong guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think that's really going to affect him as far as suspensions go. But Never does. Yeah. He's still going to be a kind of late-around guy that could win you a week or two. We'll see. Oh, I love me, Antonio Brown. Dude, Antonio Brown is going so late right now, and it's like – they're going to put Antonio Brown on the field. It's, I, yeah. I, he was really coming on strong at the end there. I feel like it's going to be, you know, Mike Evans, Godwin, and, and Brown are going to be the three guys that they want on the field when they want. 100%. And so I'm, uh, I, and Tom Brady loves throwing to old guys. So <laughs> yeah, I, I like Brown because he's going so late. He's going, exactly. like, I don't know, round 10, round nine, even later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like Antonio Brown. From yeah, a fantasy football perspective. Wait, did you <laughs> yeah. mention Todd Gurley? Oh, I did write it. I must have skipped over it. So let's see. We've got Todd Gurley is reportedly visiting the Detroit Lions. So this kind of spells further disaster for DeAndre Swift after we heard his offensive coordinator say that Swift will be the 1B running back, talking about Jamal Williams as a guy that he can uh, leave on the field for three downs. Uh, I mean, I don't foresee Todd Gurley having a large share in that backfield but he will spell deandre swift and some of those short yardage goal line looks i think so for me it's like to me it like i was my hype for jamal williams was kind of rising and this just kind of dashed my every expectations <laughs> because i don't know why these coaches are like committee 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 but it seems like coaches just love these committees they don't think about the hardworking fantasy players that yeah, invest first round picks and these running backs um, quite frankly, it's absurd um, because it never really works that well. I mean, sometimes it does. Like when you have like true guys that are almost like uh, interchangeable rather than like, oh, this guy's going to do this role and this guy's going to do this role. And then like you can predict the entire 
offensive play based on which running back is out there, which is like seems to happen a lot. Yeah. Um, in uncreative offenses, like, uh, like honestly, the Cardinals have no idea how to use running backs. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they All have right. Kyler Murray, so they don't really need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, all right. Our show today. Uh, so we have an interview coming up with, uh, Benny of Benny talks football. Um, I believe that that was it, right? Football talk with Benny. football talk with Benny. Excuse me. We have an interview coming up with football talk with Benny. Uh, Benny is, uh, it's pretty cool. He's a seventh grader who has his own podcast, his own YouTube channel revolves around the giants and football in general. He also plays fantasy. So we're just going to talk to him a little bit about like how we got into football at such a young age and stuff like that. Um, but before we get into that, uh, let's get into this dynasty player discussion. Uh, oh, of course, real quick, you can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy players who are uh, Dynasty guys. So we're doing a startup draft. Uh, for all you out there doing a startup draft, this will be the perfect episode for you. I'll probably title it Startup Draft Podcast because there's probably so few out there that, you know, this will hit the, uh, hit the algorithms real nicely. Um, but I think this will also be kind of relevant for like, you know, trades, like who would you give the farm up for if you're, you're in the second or third year of your dynasty league and you want to add a weapon, uh, Dane, who do you really like this year? I'm going to go with a later round wide receiver. He's somebody I think I know that you have your eye on as well. He, right now he's the wide receiver 56 in uh, dynasty startups. He is Darnell Mooney, the second year wide receiver in Chicago uh, when I was, I had owned Allen Robinson, I think in two different leagues last year, I was watching a lot of the bears games, which, you know, sorry to say that I was, it was not a fun time. Bears offense was abysmal to watch until like the last three minutes in the fourth quarter when Allen Robinson got all the garbage time work. But anyways, what I noticed from watching all those abysmal bears offense games was that Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney, he is a stud. He was running crisp Always routes. Always open. He was creating so much separation down the field. And even when he was wide open and Trubisky would have inevitably, inevitably or Nick Foles would miss him anyway, I saw what could have been. And man, if uh, Justin Fields can make those throws even a little bit closer, Darnell Mooney's going to catch him. He's going to be so much better than a wide receiver. 56 in his second year in a startup for Dynasty. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, I can't wait for Darnell Mooney to go for like fifteen dollars or some absurd. absurd I don't price. think I don't think <laughs> he'll even touch that. Yeah, yeah it's just funny. Like I, I really like Darnell Mooney too. I I, I think he's. Uh, I wouldn't say he's like the best receiver on the Bears, but I think he has uh, arguably the most upside on the Bears, especially from a yes. dynasty perspective. Hundred uh, percent. So, uh, all right, who do I have here? Okay, this is a guy that uh, Justin Herbert. So quarterback, I am having the hardest time assessing quarterback value in the dynasty league. Uh, we, we're playing a straightforward league where there's no super flex, anything like that. So I really like Justin Herbert because obviously he's a second year quarterback. He showed us amazing things. Uh, he's not a, like a dual threat guy, but he can move. The offensive line got better. They have one of the best uh, receiving cores in football. Keenan Allen is that target security blanket just soaks up those targets mike uh williams is the deep threat us and Eckler for the short yarded situations it's just like a ready-built uh team and they have a great uh, uh defensive coordinator as their head coach so i think their defense will be stronger which obviously helps the team overall 
And uh, their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, I don't think he's super popular among Saints fans, but he do, I think he does know how to integrate a passing back into the game. Um, more, more the, the main point here is Justin Herbert. Uh, he's going for like 10 to $14 compared to, you know, the quarterbacks that are in the 20 to $30 range. If you want to invest a high, like, and I, you know, I just like, I would rather spend, you know, $12 on Justin Herbert than $22 on Josh Allen. And can you tell me, Dane, since you have it pulled up, how those guys are ranked like respectively, like if you're doing a startup snake draft uh, compared to an auction, which we're doing auction because it's, uh, I believe fair, but um, yeah. Yeah. So Justin Herbert is the quarterback six right now in like a snake draft format, which would put him at uh, 67th overall. And then compared to like a Josh Allen type, who's obviously going to go much higher than that. Uh, he is in the quarterback two spot right now at pick 46 overall. So you're saving about 20 overall picks and four quarterbacks down from him. Uh, yeah, I, I would much rather have Justin Herbert at that price because you're getting upside similar to Josh Allen, what we saw last year. Of course, maybe not the same, but you can argue that it's the same. It's close. Uh, I, I do. I would much rather have Justin Herbert at that price because you're going to pay up for Josh Allen. The cat's out of the bag with him. Everyone knows he's good. Uh, he broke out, you know, full breakout. So Justin Herbert also broke out. So uh, that's why he's quarterback six. But people seem to be lower, at least when I mock draft, I can always get Justin Herbert like right when I would start considering taking a quarterback. He's like like Kyler, he feels like last year's Kyler Murray, where like you can get mm-hmm. him a little lower and he's gonna be a huge uh steal. Um who else who else do you got? I got one that's a little lower um on the chart. So I do have Trey Sermon now that that uh, Jeff Sermon, or sorry, Jeff Wilson Jr. <laughs> news uh, about him being out for probably, I would say about a month of the season to start. I think Trey Sermon, you know, they spent high draft capital on him. It's Kyle Shanahan's offense, like we're saying. They do rotate running backs out in a lot, so it's hard to predict. But I think he's going to have that moment. He's going to have the opportunity to prove that he's worth what he was spent on. So I think he's somebody in the dynasty format. I'm definitely wanting on my bench, see what happens. And then I think, you know, sky's the limit with him. I don't think Raheem Mostert will be with the team after this year. And everyone else is kind of a question mark, whether how they have a defined role in that offense. So I think Kyle Shanahan can mold Trey Sermon into a very, very good running back for next three to five years. Yeah. Third round pick on a running back is, you know, like that's, that's you know, running back. It's, it's a high investment, you know, anything, mm-hmm. And, and for some reason, I was thinking of Chase Sermon as like a fifth, but no, yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, he, Chase Sermon was kind of like a late bloomer. Like he really showed up in the playoffs for Ohio State. So it'll, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good one, especially, you know, with the youth. And it's always fun to get rookies for cheap and just kind of take a shot out there. Um, so I have LaVisca Chenault as, uh, as a guy here. LaVisca Chenault was kind of exciting to watch last year. I had him on and off my bench at times. Uh, you know, he wasn't like someone you had to own, but he was getting like decent usage for a terrible team. And what was cool about him is was like, no one was sure that if he could catch, like everyone was like, is this guy just going to be like a solely gadget, like handoff jet sweep kind of guy. And then he caught 58 passes for 600 yards again in a, in a very, very rough 
situation. Now they're bringing in, of course, Trevor Lawrence, generational quarterback prospect. Urban Meyer has uh, described LaVisca Chenault as the ultimate chess piece. We know that Urban Meyer loves these gadget guys, uh, Percy Harvin, Curtis Samuel. He was trying to draft Tony. Um, that's what he wants to do with ATN. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for Chenault, especially because I believe he's like the uh, ranked 85 wide receiver, 39, and he's going for uh, about $11 in startup drafts. So uh, yeah, that's that's my, I, I'm excited about Chenault. Uh, I agree. He was probably one of the most added and dropped players last year, just because he was like yeah. a fringe roster guy. Like you couldn't quite justify having him on your roster multiple weeks, but but he would get like two rushing attempts, and you were like, "Ooh, I love yeah. when receivers get rushing attempts." And he'd have a good week, and maybe the rest of the waiver wasn't looking good, so he would be picked up that week. He was definitely added and dropped a few times by myself included in that same league. But uh, uh, another guy I wanted to talk about was. Paris Campbell, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts. He got injured last season, but in the first week, I believe he had nine targets, six receptions for like 90-something yards and a touchdown. He looked great. He had a massive role in the offense. They have the same coaching staff. They have a improved offensive line. They have a new quarterback. Hopefully he's good. Carson Wentz nope. is that guy. But I want to make the point that Paris Campbell being drafted as the wide receiver 61 in Dynasty Startups. He's young. He's uh, let's see, 23 years old. He has the option or the opportunity to be the wide receiver one in this offense, or at least mold into that. So when we're talking about wide receiver 61, that's okay. I'll take a flyer on a guy I like at that range. So that, that's just a name I'm looking at in that range, but yeah, that's the, like the bottom end of your bench kind of. I'm I don't really like Paris Campbell. I do. I mean, I think he looks good when he's on the field, but he's like the kind of guy who I would really dub as injury prone, like not just. You know, like oh, Mike this guy's Williams. had bad luck. Like this guy seems truly injury yeah. prone. He can't stay healthy. Um, I don't think Carson Wentz. You know, Carson Wentz has never really supported a high volume passing attack. So I don't think that's about to happen. Uh, you know, kind of a run first Colts team. Um, at least I have. That's how I see them operating. So yeah, I, I'm not super high on Paris Campbell. But what I do like is like you look at the guys who are going around him, and he offers like a lot more upside to me than. Like me, Cole Hardman, I, I don't love. I think he's kind of shown that he, while he's fast, he does one thing in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I would love to have, who's also around that league. Sterling Shepard, I like. But there's not a lot of other great guys like Marvin Jones, nah, Jameson Crowder, eh, Darius Slayton. Eh, and exactly. There's just not a lot of great options around there. Yeah, it's the range he's in and the uncertainty of like having an alpha wide receiver on the roster. Just how you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. He Yeah, there's you know, no one else in that room. Yeah. Exactly. Like he could emerge as the wide receiver one. And if you want upside on your bench in Dynasty, those are guys I'm looking at. I'm not looking at, like you're saying, a Nicole Hardman or a, a Marvin Jones. Like, you know, they're coming to the tail end of their career. They do have competition on their roster. Like I, I would much rather have like the unknown hype upside guy as my wide receiver five or six, you know, on my roster. Yeah. Julio Jones to the Colts does make a scary amount of sense though. It does. And they're one of the people or one of the teams being. Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I would hate that. Uh, like that's, <laughs> <laughs> I would hate that. Um, but that makes so much sense, especially to trade him to the uh, AFC. Um, anyone else on, on your list here? Um, Maybe like, we can mention one guy we're not high on. How about that? 
Oh, a guy that I'm not high on. Well, then I'm going to the top of the list. That's what I'm going <laughs> scrolling up, baby. Let's see. I mean, I, th- I don't want this to become the anti-Jonathan Taylor podcast, so I'm not going to say Jonathan <laughs> Taylor because I feel like we just kind of shit on him uh, mercilessly. We do. Um, God. Well, okay. So a guy that I'll just mention who I think is worth the price is Antonio Gibson. Um, just because he's not like an underrated guy that we're talking about here or anything. But I do think he's worth the investment level that he's going in, which is uh, like, you know, $38 in redraft. And it looks like he is top 15 to top 20, depending on the list you're looking at in yeah. uh, in yeah, regular lists. Yeah. yeah, he's 22 years old. He showed that he can have a three down role if they give it to him, which they have not given it to him, which is probably why we see him in that range. But yeah, I do think he's a appropriately ranked, maybe even a, a rank lower than i would have him on rb list but uh neither here nor there don't want to divulge too much yeah well i just like you know <laughs> i think he's going to get more passes and uh because that was his whole thing is like oh this guy's a, like was a wide receiver his last year at memphis and then yeah. he ran the ball a lot uh for them I mean, like he was he wasn't really like jd mckissick was the guy that was getting the majority of the passing snaps although you know gibson got a little and mckissick's still there but I think, you know, he's just too explosive not to be, uh, you know, exploiting or however you want to say it. But, um, you know, just it's just a great opportunity for them to create yak. And we love yak. Okay, a guy that I'm not – oh, okay, I got a good one. DK Metcalf. Um, All right, yeah. And here's why I'm not high on DK Metcalf. From a dynasty position is, like, DK Metcalf was a medical red flag for a knee issue. And – that terrifies me as someone that's like about to invest, you know, top money as him as my wide receiver one on a team that sometimes feels like they want to be a run first team. And sometimes feels like they want to be a pass first team, a team that is very likely to lose Russell Wilson in the following off season. Maybe they keep him, maybe they don't, but it seems like Russ wants to play elsewhere. If Russ stays there, Russ is the kind of guy who is likely to decline earlier because he relies so much on his elusiveness to create big plays vertically down the field. He doesn't like to do a lot of horizontal stuff, um, which is kind of the key to longevity for the passing attacks of someone like Drew Brees or uh, Tom Brady, even Uh, although Brady's got much better at the deep ball in the past in the latter end of his career, which makes no sense, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, so DK Metcalf, I don't know. Like I would have to look up more about the medical, but I I believe it like was reminiscent. Like it was just a scary medical and and the Eagles even passed on him because of the medical. And obviously he's been a beast, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just all those things added up. I just don't want to invest in DK Metcalf as, because he's in a situation now where it's like Tyreek and Devante and then, a lot of people would be like AJ Brown or DK is my wide receiver three. So yeah, that's, that's how I feel. And now redraft all the way. I love DK, but not in a uh, dynasty format. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, one guy I'm looking at that I'm not high enough on to draft probably in dynasty is Deandre Swift for all the reasons we've talked about the last two weeks in news. I do think he's very talented. He's very young. He's 22 years old. He showed flashes as a rookie last year on the field, uh, he did drop a couple passes that made highlights, but I, I think that's unfair to like think of those as more than just a rookie mistake. But uh, I, I don't think that we can guarantee he has a dominant role in the NFL in the next three to five years, just because that team is rebuilding. And even currently they're looking at Jamal Williams as 
the one a supposedly yeah uh uh what todd Gurley? <laughs> well they they want to sign todd Gurley. oh yeah yeah and todd yeah. Gurley's coming out so yeah they want to adapt it could be like when adrian peterson was on the lions he still saw plenty of touches there like i don't think that's going away especially with somebody like anthony lynn a former running back as their offensive coordinator like they want to ground and pound and deandre swift will has a, have his role but I don't, I don't know that we'll even see him have more than a 40, 45% tar, or a running share in that offense. Yeah, and the scary thing, yeah, a scarier thing or another scary thing <laughs> about DeAndre Swift is, uh, you know, I look a lot at organizational stability when I'm trying to rank these dynasties. Like, who is going to be in a situation to succeed now and next year and next year and next year? And we don't know anything about this coaching staff and this coaching staff and this G they got like seven year contracts. They got massive contracts. So they were like locked in on the long, slow rebuild with these guys. They said, mm -hmm. this is our guy. Now I like Dan Campbell, but we have no idea, ladies and gentlemen, like he's the stuff he preaches is uh, fun, but has not had a history of working out in the recent NFL. If it, if his talk about like, you know, ground and pound kind of stuff uh biting yeah. off kneecaps yeah yeah that kind of stuff is is actually translating like yeah uh, it's a quick fast game now <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting um so yeah i i don't like swift for that reason as well as like if he's in a bad situation he's stuck in that situation for for the foreseeable future now the opposite of deandre swift or the foil to deandre swift is cam Akers, mm -hmm. who's in a situation where he has a good coach um he's young same exact situation coming off like is a great rookie year but is in a stable organization with like a high you know a high chance of offensive success so that's the kind of guy who's like going in the same area but that i would take very highly yeah i absolutely about to have cam makers and Jodger swift for exactly those reasons much better offense much better organizational stability much better head coach proven himself yeah that's what you're looking for dynasty all right well, we can probably wrap wrap this unless you got any anyone else. No, that's good. Don't want awesome. to divulge too much, man. We're four yeah. days out from our draft. I think we are four <laughs> days out. If you have any uh, dynasty questions, feel free to forward to them to us at uh, fantasybiblepod at gmail fantasybiblepod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, Dane, we're going to the beach this weekend. I'm excited to go to the beach. That's gonna Hell be great. Yeah um maybe we'll bring our mics and do an impromptu from the beach podcast <laughs> um if anything you know if we get drunk and have some revelations or something like that yeah um, i'll try to get as much of your strategy in this dynasty draft out of you as i can you'll be surprised to find how little strategy there really is okay. all right I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I'm basically letting every, I just hope I'm not the first person to nominate a player. Cause like, then it's like, I don't have no plan for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, okay, I guess I will nominate a player that Patrick like, Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> that. I'm definitely not going to buy. Uh, all right. Um, so yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then stay tuned for our interview with Benny uh, football talk with Benny. Greetings, potential podcast advertiser. If you're looking to connect with a mostly male demographic ranging from ages 18 to 45, look no further than the Fantasy Bible Podcast. Let our sonorous tones take your product to the next level. If you're interested in getting in on the ground floor of the future of fantasy podcasting, contact us at fantasybiblepod at gmail.com. 
will not regret it. Two guests in a row for you guys. It's amazing. Today we're talking to Benny of Football Talk with Benny. Benny, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing great, man. Doing great. So, Benny, uh, you said you were in seventh grade, right? Yeah, I answered the time of three years. So we'll just get right into this. I, when I was in seventh grade, I kind of, you know, I watched football a little bit on Sundays with my dad, but I didn't really understand what was going on. I knew like to cheer for big plays and stuff like that. Um, but then I watched uh, your dad sent me the video of like your draft, your live yeah. draft reaction. And you were talking about Rashawn Slater. And I was just laughing about how like I would not, <laughs> I'd not have known who Rashawn Slater was if I was uh, your age. So how'd you get? into football and podcasting at such a young age. That's funny because it's always like when people see people, whenever people see me talk about like either defensive linemen or offensive linemen, everybody's like, oh, how did they know that player? Like I never learned about those players. But um, I would say like I probably got into it like a few. I've actually been pretty into football for longer. Like this is not like my first year listening to it. I would say I started out when I was little like, I sort of watched football like when I was really little, but I didn't like get that into it. Like some kids at that point, when I was in younger grades, like they were like, act, like they would, they were obviously like super, super into it because we were really little, but like they knew stuff about, like I barely knew stuff about football actually, man. Like I would watch the games every once in a while with my dad, uh, but like that was the only thing I really did. But then for some reason, just in that, like second or third grade, I just got really into it. And I think something that really influenced like me really getting into football was like YouTube because I had never really talked to people that like liked football. Um, and then it started out like kind of like with me like starting to like it. So at some point I like started just watching YouTube. I don't know really how I started, but some I, I somehow I ended up starting watching YouTube. And I'm pretty sure I don't know exactly how it happened, but I guess I ended up starting watching like like the actual NFL channels videos and just watch like that type of stuff. Um and then I just like got really into it. I found myself like just knowing a ton of stuff. I'm like, like, I don't know. It was just, it was just an interesting way to get into it. And I feel like ever since then, I just gotten more and more into it. And a lot of that's from YouTube because like, you know, I feel like I always like, like I, you know, from that, once I started watching like the NFL channel, I would start seeing like a lot more NFL YouTubers. So I'd hear a lot more like analyst type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like NFL puts highlights and they would put like some analyst stuff, but like I would hear more, you know, YouTubers and that stuff. And then later I got into like the Giants, like Giants creators, like since, you know, Giants community is smaller than the NFL community in general, it took longer to get to that. But a few years ago, I found that. And that's when I really like heavily went into not just like, you know, like I not just the NFL, but like super heavily into the Giants in general. Like, you know, I started to find myself like knowing a lot. And then I was like, you know, I went, I was like wanting to get into the draft. So every year I feel like I just kind of started learning more about the draft and now, uh, and so basically, you know, I used to like, and then how I started my channel though, was like, I was kind of, I was, I, I liked like watching the guys, but like, I didn't comment at that time. Cause I was younger, a lot younger, mm-hmm. but then I started commenting. So I had fun talking about sports there. And I was like, Oh man, I, I really like talking about it. But then like, uh, some YouTubers started in like calling shows. And I would like to call into those. And I just had a lot of fun doing that. So I'm just like, you know what? Why don't I just start my own channel? Like, I love talking about it. Why do I have to, like, wait, like, every once in a while for them to do the call-in shows and stuff like that? Or why do I have to wait? Like, I can, now I can do it multiple times a week and stuff like that and talk about it more. So, yeah. And then I just, and I was like, I think there's a lot of people, like, in the community. And it's very helpful to get started. So uh, and I'm like, this is a good opportunity. So 
to do something that uh, I like a lot. So, Very yeah, cool. I just created my channel. Uh, but that's kind of how I became a football fan in general. So uh, when when you started your channel up, you said there were like, who are some of your favorite YouTubers that you were watching and stuff like that? I'm trying to think. Okay. I mean, I started my channel, okay, a few, like three months ago, three or four months ago, but it's been in like the, I mean, I started thinking about it, I would say like six months ago, probably. But um, some guys I watch through the Giants community, uh, the entertainer talking sports, the hub. Kid Blue, those are some of like those are like some of the main guys I watch. Uh, Bad Dog, those are like the, some of the top guys uh, there. I also watched. I'm trying to think of some NFL YouTubers. Uh, the Goat House, uh, that franchise guy, those type of guys. I, I watch a lot of NFL YouTubers in general. Uh, I watch a wide variety because I think it's very interesting. You're from different fans, so I like to like watch a ton. But those are just some of the main guys, I guess. That like start, you know, I like watching. Yeah, I think if we had come up maybe a little younger, Dane, maybe we would have been on our YouTube game a little bit better. That's exactly the problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that was kind of our approach, similar to starting the podcast, was like, you know, when you're doing all this research and reading about it all the time, it's like, and you want to talk about it with people, it's hard to find people, I feel like, in real life that are yeah. as nerdy about football as, you know, you find yourself becoming when you get really into it. So yeah. do you think this is a hobby or are you trying to like build a career for this? I mean, right now it's a hobby, but of course I would, this is like, that would be my dream job. Like, uh, I mean, something that I honestly think like YouTube would obviously be also, it would be a really fun job, but I mean, to YouTube, to get, you have to be very, very big to get to actually like a sustainable, you know, amount of Yeah, income. it's hard now. It's hard. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. And you have so much competition. Like, I mean, it's possible, but it's not something easy. But I, you know, always wanted to be like a, uh, an, either it's like an announcer or especially like maybe like somebody like eventually that like goes, you know, like the shows, like, you know, like I'm talking about like mainly like ESPN has some good shows, but some of them sometimes are wild. But I, I love like, you know, like, like Good Morning Football, for example, like that's like a good show. Like I would love to be on like a show like that. Um, yeah, there's some good uh, ones. Yeah, there's some very good shows though on ESPN or NFL Network or like uh, just or like in the pregame shows or whatever it is. Like, I would love to do that um, or like be like a, a reporter. Like, you know, I'm talking like, you know, I follow like the course, like the Giants reporters on Twitter and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I would love to maybe be like one of those type of guys and like report stuff. Um, but yeah, um, that's like, yeah, those are like what I like, want to do. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, let's get into some football talk. So uh, you're a Giants fan. I, I'm an Eagles fan, which, you know, naturally we would be yeah, um, opposed. But um, the, the thing but, is, Dane is a pass. Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, it's hard. Also opposed. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the NFC East can come together against yep. the Patriots, at least. I'm having some lag, wait. I'm oh, yeah. Some lag. Oh, I'm having some lag. Back, I, think, I don't yeah. know why. Like, no, you're good. That's pretty unusual, honestly. My PC's doing pretty good. But what were you saying? Oh, just that, uh, you know, Eagles, Giants, normally we yeah. would be enemies, but we can unite against the Patriots at least. <laughs> the Patriots. <laughs> um, you two have snuffed me out of the Super the Bowl. Patriots, and I hate they, it. they are looking pretty good, though. You think? Uh, yeah, I guess th there's. we were talking about them last week because they made so many offseason acquisitions and It'll be interesting. I mean, Belichick's obviously a, a good coach. What do you think of what the Giants did in the offseason? I don't know why I'm lying so much. What do you say? I tried to try my camera. Oh, nice. Um, 
what do you think of the uh, Giants' offseason moves? Like, particularly Galladay, because he's probably the most fantasy relevant guy. Oh, yeah. But also Kyle Rudolph. Oh, I love I love the Giants' offseason. I think we took advantage of the fact that players aren't getting paid that much. And uh, yeah, I think it would definitely be good. Uh, as far as Kenny Galladay, I really like Kenny Galladay. I think he's. Um, I feel like Kenny Galladay is going to be very helpful for Dan, not just Daniel Jones, but if you're a fantasy guy, look out for guys like Sterling Shepard because Kenny Galladay is going to take the number. One. Sterling Shepard is going to not have his. Uh, you know, there's not going to be as many players on him. Um, as far as also uh, Kyle Rudolph, I love him because uh, hopefully he can like help take like, a teaching also role to Evan Ingram because Evan Ingram is still pretty young. He had some catching problems last year, but Kyle Rudolph is like one of the number one guys in my opinion to help with that type of stuff. I mean, Kyle Rudolph, I believe like he hasn't had a drop in like a year or two and he's gotten a lot better with that. He's also gotten a lot better with his blocking, Kyle Rudolph, and Kyle Rudolph could help teach Evan Ingram that. I think Kyle Rudolph will just be a good player for us and a good that's a good point. I don't hear a lot of people talking about uh, Kyle Rudolph. Daniel Jones, of course, for Evan yeah. yeah, I think that's a fair point. You don't hear yeah. a lot of Kyle Rudolph talk in the fantasy community because he is overshadowed by a lot of those stud yeah. weapons. But uh, yeah, like you're saying, he's a good football acquisition for them, and he's going to have ripples to succeed on the Giants and help everyone around him. Well, also, Sterling yeah. Shepard, like, I didn't even really consider that because I'm, I'm not a big fan of Gaudi from a, a fantasy perspective just because I don't know if Daniel Jones is yeah. going to throw that much, but uh, like just passing volume wise, but I love the idea of like Sterling because Sterling Shepard's the most underrated receiver on that team, in my opinion. He's he's like a crispy route runner. Oh, yeah. And he actually was looking at us looking at the first day, Giants OTAs, like actually being uh, uh, the porters being allowed there. So I was actually looking, they're showing a lot of Sterling Shepard clips. Uh, he also changed his numbers, and maybe that's why, but he looks very good out there, actually. He had he looks like he was running routes pretty well and all. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. Nice. So Giants draft, uh, you know, very fun for me because I, I love Devontae Smith. Um, yeah. But honestly, a win-win situation for the Giants and the Eagles picking up an extra first. Benny, what were your thoughts on the Giants draft overall? What do you like about Tony? What do you think about the trade back? All that kind of stuff. I was really into the Giants draft, especially the first two rounds. I really enjoyed, although there were some sleeper guys that I like in the later rounds. But um, as far as Tony, I really like Kadarius Tony. Um, I think he'll kind of take. I think he'll kind of take us the slot role for us, honestly. Um, yeah, I he think played Shep- slot at UF. I think. For yeah, the most part. he played yeah. a lot of slot. I really like him. He's very shifty. Uh, definitely great at making players miss. Um, the question really with me. It's really not him. It's more about Jason Garrett. Yeah. Can Jason Garrett scheme him open? Because what Jason Garrett normally does is not really what Tony is meant for. But I'm hoping the Giants are smart with that. I think they know what they're doing. I really trust, especially a guy like Joe Judge. I don't think he would just take somebody to, and that he doesn't think it fits his offense. Um, Kadarius Tony is a guy. Brings a lot of explosiveness. He has some speed there. Uh, actually, not that bad of a route runner. And actually, people think he's a not that good of a catcher, but uh, he actually does not drop many passes. So um, he's actually pretty good. He's not like a great jump ball guy, I guess you could say, but like he doesn't drop the ball much or anything. So I, I like Kadarius Tony a lot. Um, I love the trade back. You know, uh, when I was reacting to it, I had said right when the Eagles took Devonta Smith and trade up, I said, you know what? I wanted Devonta Smith, actually. But the interesting thing is I actually didn't really want Devonta Smith. I wanted him like a day before the draft, but like, 
a week before the draft, I was wanting offensive line, actually, which is interesting. Um, but then I, I got, you know, I got really into Devonta Smith. I think there was so much hype around him going to the Giants. And I started looking really into it. I'm like, I think he might be the guy. But obviously that didn't happen. But right when he got drafted, I'm like, you know what? Let's take a break. We still have a lot of good options on the board. And my three options I listed were Micah Parsons, uh, Rashawn Slater, or two players I like, especially Rashawn Slater. I liked him a lot. But the other option I said was like a team like the Bears has to be wanting to trade up. And it was so funny because literally, like, you know, a couple minutes later, the Bears trade up with the mm-hmm. Giants. And I'm like, I'm like, I knew it. Like I knew that they were going to want Justin Fields. I knew they were going to want to trade up. This was something, you know, I've been talking about for a while, trading back. So I was very happy with that. I think we got some future picks that are going to be very helpful. And for people that don't believe in Daniel Jones, I, I still think he could be good. But for people that don't believe in Daniel Jones, now we have draft compensation. Uh, if we don't, uh, so we could get, a get the Russell too. Wilson money. Yeah. So yeah. we can get a guy like Russell Wilson or anybody that, you know, wants to trade or if we want to trade up for a quarterback, we have this a lot of, uh, we have a ton of draft picks. I believe we have two firsts, a second, of course, uh, two thirds, two fourths. And then, you know, of course, we're our elite round picks, but I mean, that's a lot of picks. So we should be really good there. So uh, Dane and I are not big Daniel Jones advocates. Mm-hmm. Would do that say that's accurate, Dane? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I would say that, uh, you know, Pat Shermer did get more out of him than oh, Jason sure. Garrett has. Unfortunately, Jason Garrett's still there, but maybe uh, all the weapons they've added will open open things up for Daniel Jones. At least it's like, at least you guys will know this year whether he's it or yeah. whether he's not. Yeah, that was my goal really for this year when I said in the offseason, like, it wasn't like, you know, my goal is like, come on, at least let's put a team around Daniel Jones so we're confident with so we can know if he's the guy or not. No more like, uh, like this is like, th- you know, I try to judge pe- players after three years. That's like, you know, kind of like, and this is going to be his third year. So this is like the year. Um, And here's, I mean, the things that are going for him are that we did add a lot of receivers. Uh, our offensive line, we didn't really add many offensive linemen. And you're pretty bad last year, but they are going into a um, second year. They had a coach change in the middle of last year, which actually ended up working out better because uh, the beginning coach, I forget his name, but he was not very good. He just wasn't working well. Then there was a whole problem, but the same coach actually didn't come back, but we got an, our, a new coach. Actually, we have multiple coaches off the line. And from what I've heard, supposedly they're pretty good. Supposedly they actually have a lot of experience. They've been pretty good. I, I'm still worried about the offensive line. In fact, that's, I actually think I'm going to do a video about – um. I did an offensive line video, but I'm going to do a video about my biggest worries with the Giants for this year, and that's going to be one of them for sure because the offensive line definitely a little, you know, worried about. But those guys, a lot of them were young, are still very young. A lot of them are coming into the second year. Um, and I think Daniel Jones, he doesn't have to be like – and we're going to have Saquon coming back, so he doesn't have to be like the guy making the plays. I think if we can get those guys getting separation, which we had no separation last year, um, by the way. I, I'm yeah, not saying Eagles I don't think, that problem too. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Daniel, I don't, I'm not going to guarantee Daniel Jones to be good. Cause that's just, if you think Dan, if you're guaranteeing Daniel Jones to be good, that's just not, you know, true. But um, I think he has a chance and he definitely shows flashes in the past. He showed uh, flashes also with his run game, which could be very good. People are forgetting about that because we had a lot of weapons. But I mean, he could, you know, with Saquon, we didn't have Saquon Barkley last year when he was doing that. So that could definitely be something interesting still. 
Um, he's definitely faster think, than you'd expect. Too. Yeah, it was so funny faster. to watch him trip on on nothing. But <laughs> that was funny. But he did get he he reached like over twenty miles an hour, I believe. Yeah, on that I think yeah. he was he was a. I remember he, I saw he had him a like, top five miles per hour in the NFL. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, like what the hell is happening? I don't know how that happened. What doesn't fit here? Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. Yeah. That was actually something that came out of the draft. I remember. I, I kind of forgot about it for a while until last year, but that was something out of the draft people were saying a lot. Like everybody compared him to Eli Manning, but they're like, no, this guy actually has some like speed and stuff like that. Like he's not like a horrible athlete or something. Um, but Daniel Jones, I think he actually showed a lot of flashes of being very accurate last year. Um, he's now he has to fix a lot of accuracy. Yeah. He has to fix some accuracy problems, but there were definitely flashes, especially in like not, you know, especially there were flashes just all around. We didn't really take many deep throws, and when we did, he actually wasn't horrible. Now, there was one game, I think it was the, yeah, the Buccaneers game. He was not good throwing deep. Uh, that was, he was very bad at that game, just in general. He just did not have a good game. But throughout the year, he actually wasn't bad throwing deep, but our offensive line wasn't very good. So we weren't able to do that. So hopefully with a guy like Kenny Galladay and Addie Speed with John Ross, we can go, and hopefully our offensive line better, we can do that more. Um, And like I said, he's certain. She's shown flashes of being horrible. He's shown flashes of being very good. So we'll see what happens with him this year. I definitely don't – I definitely want him starting the whole this year. We're giving him, you know, his chance. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out, you know, we'll figure something else out. I'm not going to stick with him, you know, for too long. Yeah, well, they say it takes three years, and this is his third year. So, yeah, uh, we'll I mean, see. everyone watched what happened to Josh Allen. So anything is definitely possible. I know. Uh, that's what the whole uh, Giants community compares him to. It's like – we could let's try it like what if we did like a Josh Allen sort of thing, but I don't I disagree with that because Josh Allen was like they made the playoffs and stuff. We are <laughs> close to making That's the a fair point. Like, so I, I but I see the whole point. I think the whole point people are trying to make is we brought in the number one receiver now. Maybe he'll be better, but right. I, I don't think it will be like that. I still think Daniel Jones could be very good next year and take a huge step up. I and you can compare it to the Josh Allen, but I just don't think it's exactly like that. I mean, that's the same type of thing. Is I hate when people compare everything to the um, uh, to the Patrick Mahomes type of thing because Patrick Mahomes, I mean, uh, he's amazing, you know. But the Chiefs made the playoffs the year before that. Like they were no like horrible team that he came into. And a lot of people compare to, oh yeah, we'll do the Patrick Mahomes thing. But you have to be a, if you want to do Patrick Mahomes thing, you have to have a very, very good, uh, you know, you can't just have a veteran. Alex Smith is an amazing teacher, uh, and you also have to have a decent team if you want to do Patrick Mahomes type of model now yeah it's rare for the team that has a roster that good to be in the position to select a player yeah of that caliber and and so it rarely happens but the Chiefs just made it happen I think they gave up they traded up with like the Texans who was who was at 10 I I forget who someone was sitting at 10 yeah that was a few years ago yeah Um, I mean yeah like you can do like you can have players sit behind and come in and do good but if you're going to call it the Patrick, Patrick Mahomes thing is a lot different than what a lot of people call it, you know? So call yeah. it other things. But yeah, that's awesome. So moving into a uh, fantasy, you, you play fantasy, right? Yes, I actually did. How many years have you been uh, playing fantasy? Let me think about that. I think I've been playing two or three, I think, actually. Nice. Yeah. Winning any, uh, win any championships? Uh, yeah. I Okay. So in the first year, I played with, I was like on it, like I, me and my uncle kind of did it together because I was new to it. Mm-hmm. My, you know, and, and I made sure like I was like, 
I got to um, see maybe somebody could teach me a little bit. And yeah, he taught me. And we actually had pretty good that year. We came in like second place. And that was pretty funny, actually, because it was like his first time having a really good season. Like it was his third year. And he was like bad. He said he was very bad the first two, uh, two years of support. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I guess I came in help now. Nah, but I yeah, actually have struggled a ton in the past couple of years with fantasy. I had actually had, I normally do a few teams. I normally have one like random team. I do. I did one last year in this like uh, this YouTuber. It was before you and I started YouTube, but he did a league and I joined it. Um, he was yeah. He just took a public league and I joined that. And I also did like one with um, some friends and all. But I did actually two of those teams were actually very good teams. Um, I I just got I got really unlucky last year. I would say now of course you know I got unlucky, but there's no excuses of course. But at the same <laughs> time. I mean, at the same time, though, no, I wasn't really injured, though. Like, it was the matchup problem. Like, I would have oh, okay. great games. I, oh, yeah. I would have, have amazing like games, too. and I would be playing, like, of course, I'd have to play, like, the, the guy that does, like, the best that week. And then I would, like, whenever I'm playing the player that does bad, I have a horrible game. It was just like that, you know? It was that type of thing. But yeah, I was actually, like, and I started out really bad that year, but then I was on, like, a winning streak. I was doing really good at the end of the year uh, with that team. And the year before that, how did I do? I had one. I think I... Same thing. I did the same type of thing. I had a few teams, and I, one of those teams, again, was decent. Um, but, yeah, I haven't had too much success, but hoping this year. This year's going to be the year, you know? Yeah, it's always – yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> this as well. year will and be the year. This is the year. This is my year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year. <laughs> um, so, all right, so going into the fantasy season, if you could name, like, I don't know, say three players that you are dying to get on your roster, they any round, whether it's the, the guy you won in the first round, the guy you won in the eighth round as a sleeper, who are those guys that you're just really excited about? Like, for me, it's I like mean, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, like, Terry yeah. McLaurin's a beast. Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm going to say uh, I'm your favorite player. I mean, I wanted him so bad last year, and I probably a good thing I didn't take him, but it's Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, I don't yeah. know. Do you guys know, like, how he's – doing in the fantasy charts like is he still top yeah like, he's he's, the top? he's going second overall most. oh really like, he yeah, still yeah. Is? yeah he still is that. yeah wow. it's, it's still like cmc uh saquon some people might take like henry there some people might take camara but especially in dynasty i'm seeing saquon go as like the second guy off the board because he's you know he's still pretty young but yeah, yeah. i i saquon i don't know it was hard to watch him last year for sure but I think yeah. he'll have a. I think he'll rebound. You know who who I would like. Um, I, I would definitely like Alvin Kamara. I think he'll get a lot more. Uh, he'll you know he's been in the past like not he doesn't get that much like run like you know he's ran of course a ton but like he's not to like a huge extent. So I think this year he probably should get more runs because, um, you know of course Drew Brees is gone. So they'll still I think you're gonna I think Jameis will still pass a lot and they'll still have, you know their plays with Taysom Hill. But I think I could see Alvin Kamara getting a lot more, you know, uh, yards and all. And, and, of course, he's great in the receiving game, which I don't know. Do you guys do PPR or what? We do half. Okay, you do half. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Alvin Kamara, I think that's a guy that's very interesting. Let's see who else. Let me look at the – I, I just uh, pulled up like, a list or whatever, so let me see if there's any players. Oh, I would love to have – um. I would love to have like a guy like uh Stefan Diggs or something like that. He is an absolute beast. Or uh, you know, having a guy like you know who could be very good this year? If Julio Jones gets traded, Calvin Ridley could be huge this year. Now they yeah. brought in Kyle Pitts, but 
Uh, Calvin Ridley is also. Yeah. I love Calvin Ridley. He's a beast, but uh, Calvin Ridley is also very good. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, he looks like he's ranked high also, but he's pretty good. Um, let's see. Is there any other guys? Oh wow, Jerry Judy is ranked at tier six. I'm kind of surprised about that, honestly. He did. Yeah, everyone's writing him off because he had a kind of a bust of a rookie season for where he was drafted. So it's yeah. like no one really trusts Drew Locke right now. We don't have any clarity whether sure. whether they have a different quarterback coming in. Vic Fangio hasn't done a whole lot as a head coach there. You know, they have had a lot of injuries like uh, Von Miller last year. So the team wasn't quite and, what they uh, wanted it to be. Here's what I would say well. about yeah. Here's what I would say about Jerry Judy. I was about to say that Cortland Sutton was injured last year, so if he's healthy. That will help Judy out a ton. They also brought in yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, who definitely is not, in my opinion, like the answer. But I think he's better than Drew Locke, and I think he'll be more accurate. Um, yeah, that's the guy actually could be interesting. If he falls, like, I'm not going to take him high up. but Yeah, tier six right. is wild. Let me see if there's any tight ends. Um, I like him. Tight end's the hardest. Tight end's hard. I know. that I always draft tight end pretty early because you cannot find this. Like, you're very hard to find, in my opinion. Let's think. Uh... You know who could be good, actually, a sleeper type of guy? Gerald Everett. What do you guys think about him? He's bad. for Seattle. Yeah, it's not a bad name to pick. Yeah. They do like their tight ends there. Like, Yeah, they do like their tight ends. They're good with them also. And, yeah, a lot of a lot of new Are names. They? Gerald Everett's a pretty explosive guy, too. He's probably the, already the most explosive tight end on that team just by default, I would think. There was that guy that was doing uh, – oh, that's his name. I remember when he was a huge deal. I picked him up. Uh, Will Disley. Remember yeah, when he was great yeah. for the Seahawks? He had like, like, yeah, I could like see, three massive games. Or oh my god, like he was yeah. so good, and then just got injured. But yeah. like, I think Gerald Everett has a lot of potential like that, and they could get him going. But yeah, I remember that actually. That was when that might have been when I was with my uncle. I remember. I I wasn't as paying much attention to like we're sticking up players. Um, but like I remember when we got him, he was saying, or no, actually we didn't get him actually. But I remember we were like bid for them or something like that. It was a big deal in the league to try to get him. Um, yeah, those are some things. Let me see. As far as defense, do you think Evan Ingram's going to be good this year? I mean, he Evan was all Ingram, right last year, but uh, he dropped so many passes. He was that. actually, I guess, for fantasy, he must have been decent, right? He was like what, like the fifth or sixth tight end, probably. Yeah, he was decent because he got he was like our technical number one receiver, honestly, because he got a ton of targets. I honestly wouldn't be that big on him as a fan for fantasy. I'm big on him in real life because I think he'll have a better season because he dropped the ball a lot last year. Yeah. I think he'll have a better season technically. But as for like fantasy, I wouldn't because uh, you got Kenny Galladay back. You have Saquon Barkley back. You have, I think a lot of the receivers are going to get a lot more options. I think they'll be a lot better because um, like I said, with Kenny Galladay, he will take the number one corner. So you got the other receivers getting more targets also because they're going to be more open. So I think he'll have a decent year because, I, like I said, I like how I like what he's doing. He's also, by the way, this is something interesting. He's actually going to this tight end camp. Uh, it was, it's run by George oh, Kittle and um, yeah. uh, Travis Kelsey, which is pretty interesting. But uh, I, I wouldn't pick him in fantasy, honestly. I, I wouldn't pick him at all. Uh, as for defenses, wait. Man, my Giants, where are they? Where are they? Are they not very high? That's crazy. <laughs> the Giants have a sleeper One, defense. Tier definitely. five? That's honestly, that's a little crazy to me. I don't know how they were in fantasy last year, but as NFL ranked, they were number nine. They weren't so, great in fantasy. They were like you could, they were a spot start. But the thing was, like, Giants play in the NFC East. So it's like, it's always worth picking up a defense that is exactly. going to play like in the worst 
division in football. Yeah, I mean, we were ranked number nine. I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised about that because we were ranked number nine and we added in a, we, our biggest holes were second cornerback, which we added uh, Adoree Jackson. Um, and then we also added more pass first year team with Aziz Ajalard, who obviously is a rookie, but I mean, I think it'll still be helpful. I think that's um, probably what it is, is the, uh, like the biggest issue the for the Giants was the lack of pass rush and the sex yeah, like, is like it, the it, stability. So it's okay in real life. Cause we kind of have like, like we were actually okay in sacks last year. It's kind of surprising. Cause I'm like, I always thought like, well, we're, we're not going to get that much pressure, but we actually did good. Uh, I think part of that was cause we have such a great secondary. I mean, our secondary, in my yeah, opinion, it's like, if you go through the players, I mean, we have a very deep secondary. It's very good. Um, I wouldn't, yes, yeah, some of them were not like coverage sacks, but they were just good coverage plays that ended up in sacks, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Leonard Williams, I think, you know, he's probably our best pass for sure. And I would hope that Lorenzo Carter does, and Aziz Ajalari do well. They, Lorenzo Carter is actually pretty good at the beginning of the year, um, but he got injured. So I'm hoping he's okay to, uh, this year, but he was actually doing decent. So we'll see what happens with them. But I would definitely take them. If, if they're ranked tier five, I would definitely take them. Sure. Awesome. All right, man. Well, do you, before we get out of here, do you want to tell the people about your channel and just plug what you got going on there? All right. So, um, I have my channel's got football talk with Benny. You can check it out on YouTube. Um, I do NFL videos. I do, um, a lot of giants videos. So I would say like part of my channel is definitely giants. Part of it's, uh, NFL. I also do a podcast, uh, with uh, this guy named Bryson, um, and we do a podcast together. It's an NFL-based one, um, which is pretty cool. So we do that, and we alternate channels on that also. So, yeah, you can check that one out. Um, but, yeah, that's really it. Awesome, man. All thanks right, for thanks coming for on, on, dude. I'm, I'm, like, I'm excited to see your journey here. All right. Yeah. Thank you for having me on, man. So cool to meet you, Benny, man. Thanks for joining us. Peace, dude.